This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome, everybody, to a special episode of the Animaniacast. Welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated series, Animaniacs. And here we explore the series episode by episode, exploring all the cultural references and gags that we can find. And in the end, we give each episode a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother, Nathan. Relity, 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 wild. <laughs> and across the country in Georgia, it's... Kelly. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Kelly. Well, today we are going to not be reviewing an episode. We will be talking about uh, an Animaniacs comic book a little later this episode. All, all three of us? Uh, just you and I, Nathan. Oh. <laughs> uh, Kelly, Sorry, Kelly. <laughs> we, we recorded uh, half of this episode yesterday. So, yeah, it'll just be me and Nathan just talking to each other about Animaniacs issue number three. But before we get all to that, let's get to some breaking news. Nathan hit us with the Animaniacast uh, news theme song. This is the Animaniacast news theme. It's the Animaniacast news theme today. What's the news, Joey? <laughs> well, the news uh, was uh, it's some surprising uh, well, maybe not so surprising, but definitely for many fans, some upsetting news uh, this week uh, for many fans. This comes from Deadline. This uh, broke on Deadline.com a few days ago. Animaniacs Wellesley Wild set as showrunner of series reboot at Hulu. And I think I'm pronouncing uh, his name correctly. Nathan, how were you saying it earlier? I, I like to say Wellesley, but uh, Wellesley? Yeah, I think it's Wellesley. Wellesley? <laughs> I think it's Wellesley. I don't okay. Know. Hey, he can come on the show and he can correct it. Yeah. Open invitation. Open invitation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just going to say Mr. Wild. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Wild, uh, Family Guy, Ted and Ted 2, has been tapped as executive producer and showrunner of Animaniacs, a rebooted version of the Peabody and Emmy Award uh, Emmy winning cartoon, which recently received a two season straight to series order at Hulu with original series executive producer Steven Spielberg <laughs> returning as executive producer for premiere in 2020. Co-produced by Amblin TV and Warner Brothers Animation, the new Animaniacs centers on Warner Brothers' Yakko, Wacko, and the Warner Sister Dot, three inseparable, irascible siblings who have a great time raking havoc. And basically, it starts talking about how, you know, what Yakko, Wacko, and Dot are. And we all know about that. Uh, fan favorite. I, I feel like you paused after Steven Spielberg's name because you knew I would, I would uh, have I, a call. I, I, had a, I had a feeling that you might say something, yes. <laughs> um, fan favorite characters, Pinky and the Brain, will also return to make appearances in each episode. Uh, Wild executive produces alongside Spielberg, as well as Sam Register, president of Warner Brothers Animation and Warner Digital Services, and Amblin Television co-presidents Justin Falvey and Daryl Frank. 
while well, that's a lot of executive producers <laughs> producing this one. Back in the day, it was just Steven Spielberg. Now they have how many? One, two, three, four, at least four, right? I mean, I didn't, I can't even see how many I listed off. There's so many. Anyway, I don't know how to count. Anyway, <laughs> Wild is coming <laughs> off of a long stint as a close collaborator of Family Guy creator Seth MacFarlane. That includes an eight-year run as a writer-producer on Fox's animated hit Family Guy. Wild also co-wrote with McFarlane and Alex Sulkin the two Ted movies and co-created with Sulkin the McFarlane-produced Fox comedy series Dads, which I think lasted just a few episodes. Uh, He's also uh, been a a co-executive producer on McFarlane's latest Fox series, The Orville, which was just renewed for a second season. So Mr. Wilde has been, um, he's been out and about, uh, you know, with Family Guy and other, you know, mostly things that have been tied to Seth MacFarlane uh, for quite some time, right? Nathan? Um, yeah, as far as I know. I mean, that's what his <laughs> IMDb says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were looking, <laughs> Nathan looked up his IMDb and, and I, you know, you, I don't think, has any one of us seen the Ted movies at all? No. Yeah. No, I, I haven't seen uh, Million Ways to Die in the Wild West or whatever that one's I called. I did see uh, that. Are the Ted movies the okay, he's, the he's part of, Yeah. The, the Talking Bear, yeah. It yeah. seems like these movies are like, like I mean, they're like one joke. Like, I feel like when I see the trailer, I'm like, I think I got the movie. Like, it was a cute trailer, <laughs> but I think I got the, the gist of the... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, despite all the, you know, basically the reaction... Let's just talk about our reactions first of all. Uh, Kelly, what what was what was your reaction upon first hearing uh, this news? Uh, I think I wrote this, and so the, uh, this was my response to you, and and I'm I'm pretty sure this is verbatim. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what I said? Something like that, I believe. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, that was that was my initial response. <laughs> uh, Nathan, what about you? I think my initial response was like uh, downwards pointing thumb, but you know, uh, <laughs> thumbs down. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's what that's called. No, uh, <laughs> uh, like I mean, I enjoyed early Family Guy. I don't know. I don't think he was a part of the early Family Guy seasons, but I mean, I, I have nothing wrong with Family Guy. I just it's not necessarily what I was hoping for for Animaniacs. Like the, I'm hoping that, I mean, and and it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be that kind of comedy and everything, uh, but still, like it, it's it's hard to get really excited about it without having like Tom Ruger, for instance, and be yeah, uh, I think exciting. I think uh, yeah, Nathan, I agree. I mean, our main concern, you know, going into this reboot was that the creator of the show and senior producer Tom Ruger would not be involved and a lot of fans were anxious about that as well and as far as we know he has not yet been approached to um to to be on the the series um and so there's been a lot of uh, fan people with petitions of uh right animaniacs right and uh you know I I went ahead and sent out my own little letter to Steven Spielberg a, few, a couple of weeks ago. Has he responded yet? He, he he wait, let me check my email. No. Uh but I thought you mm. sent a physical letter. Yeah, I check did. your mailbox. Oh, yeah, oh, no, I got to go to the mailbox. That's right. <laughs> That's the problem. 
Oh, well, I put my email on it, too, just in case he wanted to get back to me on email. You know, oh, really? you have to give him options, you know? If he oh, doesn't... I didn't even think right, about that. Did you think of phone like, number? I haven't sent my letter yet. I have to do that, too. Yeah, I, 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 I looked at my little... Uh, see, this is what you do, folks. Online, <laughs> there are several different uh, professional business letter, uh, you know, tips uh, for what you should do. And uh, the one I looked at... Uh, said to, to put a, a, a way of contacting. So I said, well, an email. I'll put my email right there. Did case. you handwrite it or type it? I typed it. And then I put it in a physical envelope with a physical stamp and put it in a physical mailbox. <laughs> and let's get physical. That's, let's get physical. <laughs> that's what we all need to do. Now, we'll get into all that in just a little bit. But so, yeah, we had all been hoping that, you know, and Tom's been a friend of the show. Uh, Tom is, we've we've gotten to know tom over these last few months and it's just really been an honor to to have him on and just hearing about his stories of working on the show and just the genuine love that he has had for the series and continues to have for the series is just remarkable i don't think there's i think most creators or producers of you know series like that uh, kind of you know when they s- step away or something gets canceled they kind of go yeah well that was in the past and I don't really want to go back to it, but that's not the case with uh, with Tom and and many of the writers and directors who worked on the series before, and, and of course voice actors and everything. They all have a very strong connection and a and a, a yearn to go back to work on the series. Would you Would you guys agree? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the social media reaction has been loud <laughs> and for the for the most part um pretty angry uh nathan let's start with some of the more i guess you could say more some of the more reasonable reactions for the most part oh. from our facebook page uh what are some of our listeners think about this when we posted the news so only reasonable <laughs> oh well we can read off the reasonable oh, un- oh. and unreasonable why the heck not I'll, I'll read off, like, okay, here, this one's from Noah. Uh, it's a little lengthy, but he's got some, some points, at least some concerns. So to me, at least, it seems like a huge slap in the face to the original showrunner, Tom Ruger, and the rest of the original people involved, especially since they didn't invite, even invite them back to inform them there was a comeback on the way. Not to mention, considering this Wellesley guy came from things like Family Guy and Ted, I'm expecting him to try and make Animaniacs more hip, crude, and edgy, which really isn't needed for a show like this. But yeah, oh well, I'll be sticking with the original seasons and movie all in all. I, it just seems like a huge disservice, now, not only to the fans, but to everyone that originally worked on the series. A wasted opportunity, indeed. It won't be the same at all. It defeats the entire purpose of a comeback. People expect a continuation, not something completely different. Uh, so that was one of the more negative ones I got, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I think it was well said. I think it was well put. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's you gotta respect just... the, You gotta respect the passion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is from Curtis. Uh, Animaniacs and Fam- Fam- I can't even say the two shows in the same <laughs> sentence. Uh, <laughs> there's one of a gif of just Bill Murray looking very sad. Malik says, "I'm out." Ryan says, "Well, I know something like this would happen." Uh, why not just make Tom Ruger showrunner again? Um, and then Ryan has a good uh, point here. Uh, he's like, I always laugh when people shun a project before even seeing the final product. Short-sighted of you to say at least. Uh, give it a chance. I know I will. 
funny how people judge something unfavorably because it doesn't conform to the way they want it to be. Yes, I would love to see the original voice, uh, original staff and voice actors back for the reboot. So, uh, but yeah, at least uh, Ryan's saying like, let's we can give it a chance, see what it's like. But mm-hmm. well, the, uh, as for Twitter, and I'm going to just uh, <laughs> touch on a few of the reactions. Um, number one, I got to give a shout out to Adu Payton, who actually alerted us <laughs> to the uh the news of this coming out of all the of all the people who who would have uh, told us uh, we have a very good listener fan base so if there's any kind of mention of animaniac stuff boy oh boy the per- the push alerts start coming up but uh mr payton was the first one out there to uh, to tell us so thank you very much sir for that uh that information well we put it out and uh, here are some reactions here. And I, the funny thing is with Twitter, they have very long handles sometimes. So I'm just going to give them the, the at thing. So at flipper underscore roll says, hoping it won't be pandering to the tween slash kid demographic like Powerpuff Girl reboot. Again, that Powerpuff Girl reboot is a touchy subject for many people who talk about reboots. Uh, let's see. Sean Garland right here. SR Garland says a showrunner announcement no casting of it yet i was excited but this is frankly poor the animaniac set up uh the animaniac setup remains a legendary circumstance one that could be partially willingly reassembled and yet this is what we get and uh let's see of course one of my favorite reactions that i had to put out there was none other than uh, nate ruger who Nate put out a a GIF. His response was to, what do you guys think about this? He simply put Michael Scott, a GIF of Michael Scott from The Office, just staring at the screen, kind of angry and shocked, disappointed. I don't know. (laughs) Not not happy Michael Scott, that's for certain. Uh, So I thought that summarized a lot of the opinions that were going out. Uh, This one right here comes from John John Taylor, who is WV Pirate and says, "Don't change the style of the Animaniacs. Discover why we live, why we live them, and keep true to the humor. The fans are depending on you. Don't try to take over the world and make it your own." There's a lot of you know. There's a lot of groans and a lot of, "Oh, this is terrible. I don't want the Family Guy to you know. I don't want it to be like Family Guy, uh, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Um, just overall, been kind of a, a negative kind of thing. So before we go to some more of our thoughts and everything, and then into our comic book discussion, I'll just go over a couple emails that we received. This first one right here is from William. William says, I've heard that the reboot has a new showrunner, but I never thought it would be someone from Family Guy. Wellesley Wilde is, isn't a good choice, but it could have been someone like, say, Tom Ruger. Wilde has written a couple of my favorite Family Guy episodes, like PTV, the FCC episode, The Road to the Multiverse, and the one people consider the best of the series, Petarded. But he's also written some of my least favorite, like Seahorse Seashell Party and Untitled Griffin Family History. Another thing that keeps me from being on board with him is that he hasn't been on any show besides being with Seth MacFarlane and the show that the Ted films and the bad short-lived show dads. So I'm starting to lose hope a little now. Why couldn't they just get Tom in as a consultant? Because he has a lot of experience. 
If there is more news, I'll be keeping my eyes open for more. Thank you for letting me comment. And finally, here's a quick uh, message here from listener Malik. Hello, Animaniacast. This is Malik chiming in just to give my thoughts on the uh, recent news that was just announced about the Animaniacs reboot. So, uh, Wesley Wild. Um, yeah. Mm. So the biggest issue I have with this announcement is uh, something that you may not initially think. I mean, I know he came off of eight years writing Family Guy episodes, but that doesn't necessarily mean Animaniacs is going to become the Family Guy Warner Brothers show, if you know what I mean. What really bothers me is the fact that they didn't get this guy because he has a pedigree with Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers Animation and stuff like that. The reason they got him is because he is a big name. You see his name and then you see what he did like, oh, Family Guy, that... That's a big name. That'll get us on, like, the front page of, uh, this tabloid or whatever. Yeah, and I know that this is the typical Hollywood kind of thing. You want, like, a big name for your brand, but I can't be upset about it. I'm pretty upset about it. Something tells me that this reboot is gonna be one of those shows where you hear every single thing about every single writer, actor joining the cast, and they have, like, this big background in Saturday Night Live or the new hotness of, like, Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming site is new and popular these days, and it just doesn't gel with me. They're relying on star power rather than, well, what came before, you know? And we're still a long ways out before the reboot comes out and anything could happen before then, but as of right now, I don't like where this is headed. But yeah, those are my two cents on the matter, and uh, if you guys haven't already talked about it, I'd like to hear what you guys think about this. See ya! So, thank you, Malik. Yeah, Malik, as Nathan said earlier, uh, just put on our Facebook page, I'm out. <laughs> but luckily, uh, expanded upon his thoughts very well. Yeah, such a good listener. So- yeah. He he really is an awesome listener uh, and a great talker as well. Uh, so Malik, thank you very much for those thoughts. Let's let's get into this, guys. When we first heard this this news, uh, it was very deflating to our you know thoughts. We were just like, oh, this is terrible. It's it's a lost cause. It's uh, the fact is, I mean, Nathan Kelly and I, I mean, we're gonna watch the show. Uh, one way or the other, because it's... Yeah, we it, have to. We have to. It's the <laughs> yeah. Animaniacast. We're going to watch it. Um, and well, Leslie Wilde is, or Wesley Wilde, or however you want to... Mr. Wilde, he is a very accomplished writer. He is, you know, he's done, you know, very, you know, various projects and everything like that. And I don't think any of us want this, want him to be fired or anything like that. That's not in our thought process at all. But... You know, we really believe, we really, really believe that time is not up on getting Tom involved in this reboot slash revival slash whatever it happens to be. Because not only is he willing to do it, but so are many of the writers and the fan community is really making itself heard. Uh, Just search for the word Animaniacs on Twitter and you'll probably see many people or simply look at the comment section for many of these articles such as deadline or cartoon brew or what have you they're saying this is great but wait a second the creator is out there still and one of the things that made animaniacs so great in the first place was the people who were behind the scenes putting it together what do you guys think what what are some of your thoughts about this well i i trust steven spielberg 
but mm-hmm. um, I do find it odd that the original creative team hasn't been brought back yet, you know, at least to our knowledge. And I, I don't know enough about Mr. Wild to say, you know, what kind of job he would do or not. I, I've never been a fan of Family Guy. I've seen some of the Star Wars specials, but um, that's really about all I've, I've seen. And it, it just, you know, when I've caught it on other times, it just never struck me as terribly funny. It's just not my, my brand of humor, I guess. But um, I, I don't think they made the decision to bring the show back in a vacuum. Obviously, they knew it was still beloved, that there was still an audience for it. They surely monitored the, you know, watch views or, what, you know, however they monitor it on Netflix. And so... I can't believe that they are going to bring the show back into an unrecognizable form and alienate everyone who loved the show originally. It just, it doesn't make good business sense. It doesn't make good creative sense. Um, it, it just doesn't make sense. So I, I'm still holding out hope. They, I, and I've even said, you know, just if nothing else, bring Thomas and as a, a consultant, a creative consultant, because he put his heart and soul into the show and obviously still loves the characters. Uh, it sounds like he had an amazing time with everyone involved. And, you know, I know you can't always, you know, repeat the exact experiences over and over again. Um, but when all of these people were together, magic happened. It was an amazing show. And so if you start bringing in all this new blood, it, I mean, we've seen it kind of happen with the the Star Wars films. Um, It's, it's become very divisive and, you know, you have people that don't like the people in charge now and think they aren't doing a good job. And and of course you've got people who love the direction it's going and, and everything else. And, and of course they've been, you know, hugely successful financially. So that's the bottom line, really. And so it doesn't matter, you know, the people that didn't like it still went and paid to watch it. So, um, but I would think, you know, even even Lucasfilm and, and Disney would still want to put out something that the majority of fans love. I don't think they're trying to alienate Star Wars fans. And I, I, I would like to think that Amblin and Hulu don't want to alienate Animaniacs fans. There are, no matter what they do, there's still going to be a contingent of people who don't like it just because it's new and it's different. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's it's always the case. Like, no matter what, there's going to be people that are going to love it, and there's going to be people that hate it. Like, Yeah, and, and people have every right to do that. And, you know, they can, you know, show that they don't want to by just, you know, not getting those subscriptions to Hulu and uh, and watching the show. So, no, yeah, and that's, that's how you make your voice heard. You know, it comes down to the, the money. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, what what are some of your thoughts about all this? Well, yeah, so part of me worries that, like, uh, I've seen, you know, DuckTales. Well, I mean, like, Woo-hoo. you know, <laughs> they, they have the, the reboot of DuckTales, which, I mean, I was a kid, and this new version doesn't have any of the original cast or anything like that, and it's doing very well. And I wonder, I it almost worries me that they look at that kind of example and say, like, oh, hey, we could just... Do something like that, like yeah, Saturday Night Live people on. Or yeah, something, you know, as much as I love Ben Schwartz, 
who is in DuckTales and in the upcoming Ninja Turtles cartoon. I love him. He's a, he's a hilarious guy, but I don't want him seeing voicing Yakko Warner. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that is, yeah. if if they're going on this traje- trajectory, trajectory, I can't even say the darn word, but you know what I mean? If they're going this way with the creative team, then you, it makes you wonder what kinds of other decisions they might be kind of leaning towards when it comes to the presentation of it as well. Um, if it worked for DuckTales, and that's the the theme of, uh, you know, stuff what's going on for shows like Ninja Turtles and stuff to get the big name actors, then gosh, it, it worries me that some of the, even the original voice talent will be forgotten as well. So, and again, I think one of the best ways to to ensure that doesn't happen is to make sure that Tom is involved as much as possible in this upcoming reboot revival. If If you, if that is important to you as well, uh, then you should consider, you know, Signing the change.org petition of right Animaniacs right. You should, you know, heavily consider writing Steven Spielberg a letter and, you know, a nice letter, a nice letter, nice professional letter. We are positive and professional if, if nothing else, right? Uh, so please do that. You know, I think that's really what we're, we're all trying to say is that. This isn't over. <laughs> it may feel like it to some, like, oh, just throw up your hands and I'm just, I'm just not going to watch it anymore. I'm just, I'm done. Well, folks, let's not throw in the towel just yet. Um, like Malik said on his uh, voicemail to us, it is still early in the, it's still two years away and anything can happen. So I think the thing that we need to try to push, at least for right now, is that we try to, you know, let Warner Brothers, Amblin, let let those folks know that this is the way we pre- we would prefer the show to look like. Um, yeah, and, I, I would think now more than ever, like, is a time that you'd want to absolutely like, uh, now that the news is fresh and yep. make sure your voice is heard. Yep. Uh, you know, hey, uh, get out on Twitter. Uh, hey, you 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 know, make your voice heard there. You know, at uh, Warner Brothers Entertainment at Amb- at Amblin Entertain- Entertainment and at Hulu, uh, and of course uh, we'll put in our show notes uh, a link to the Change.org petition for Right Animaniacs Right, which you could also look up yourself pretty pretty easily. Is Mister Wild on Twitter? Uh, I have not looked. I well, actually, I take that back. I have looked and I have not seen him on there. But um, so as far as I know, he is not on Twitter. And and again, we're not asking for for Mr. Wild to get to be replaced or kicked out of the production. Um, no. Not at all. I mean, th- th- this, <laughs> he is an accomplished uh, creator and I, there's nothing wrong with getting new blood into a series. Yeah. That's, how, ideas. that's how, and that's how, that's how series continue to live on. That's how we continue to have uh, classic cartoon characters around to this day. Uh, we have to, it, it's just inevitable. If you want Animaniacs but- to be around, new stuff for years from now then eventually you're going to have to get new people in but but animaniacs without tom Rieger is like muppets without jim henson yeah and and if, if jim henson were still around and just saying hey everybody <laughs> well no and that's what i'm because yeah. he's not around and and i mean you know i think jim henson's been gone longer in my life than he was alive in it um but 
I, I still remember him, obviously, and, and his contribution in the Muppets. I mean, he was the heart and the soul of the Muppets, particularly Kermit. And even though the Muppets have continued and have done great things, they never seem to have quite captured that old glory. Maybe with the exception of the Muppet Christmas Carol, because I love that. Yeah. But um, there always seems to be something slightly missing or or different. And, of course, you, you can't go back and recapture your childhood. Um, but the Muppets are never going to be the same. They're, they're, partly because they're so corporate now with Disney having purchased them um, – you know, in the days leading up to Jim Henson's death, or not not days, but you know, in the time period they were they were working on the deal before he even passed, and then Disney bought it. But um, it's it's not the Muppets he envisioned, I guess is is the best way to say right, it. Right, right. We don't want this. Yeah, and exactly, we need Tom's involvement. He's out there. He wants to be involved, and that's the that and that's the thing. He's out there. He would love to be involved. He wants to be out there. He is available, and. Um, Let's see. If, let's see what we can do. Let's see what we can do. So, head to the change.org petition. Uh, I will also, of course, include uh, Mr. Spielberg's address uh, in our show notes, uh, as well as uh, on our Twitter and Facebook feeds for those who are interested in doing those. But please, folks, you gotta you gotta make your voices heard now. If if you wait too long, you sit on your your hands, then it's just well, it may be too late. So. I would say yeah. do it before February. Absolutely. Make sure you yeah. get it. it. You know, the the sooner the better. Time is of the essence. And we even have a, a poll on uh, Twitter that people can. That's right. Nathan, do you have that poll in front of you right now? I do have that poll in front of me right now. So what's the question? Uh, <laughs> okay. So the poll is uh, now that we now that the news is out that Wellesley Wilde from Family Guy will be the new showrunner of Animaniacs. What are your feelings about the upcoming seasons on Hulu? Hashtag Animaniacast poll. Attention, Warner Brothers Entertainment, Amblin Entertainment, and Hulu. Um, so we got all them on this. So they're all paying attention to the results of this. So you can either choose excited, I can't wait, upset, where's Tom Ruger, or unsure, I'll wait and see. So, yes, there you go. All right. So there you go. Head to twitter.com slash Animaniacast or simply search on hashtag Animaniacast poll. Make your voice heard and with that we're going to go ahead and close up this first half and go straight on over to the second half of our show where it's me and nathan talking about issue number three of the animaniacs comic book hey guys this is pinky and you're listening to animaniacast you know why because you're going to take over the world Narf. let's go ahead and get into our discussion right now of Animaniacs comic book. And this is Animaniacs comic number three. And this was originally published. I don't know. <laughs> Hang on. It was July, July of 1995. There we go. I see it now. July of 1995. On the cover of uh, issue number three, we have Pinky and the Brain with a bunch of cavemen surrounding them. The cavemen are looking down very angrily at Pinky and the Brain. And Pinky is dressed like um, uh, Wilma from the Flintstones. Mm -hmm. And the Brain is dressed up like Fred Flintstone. He has the whole leopard print thing and blue tie going on. Uh, and yes, Pinky has kind of a, a dress and a like his little, instead of the pearls, the little rock necklace around his neck. Yeah. And... Um, 
Pinky looks to the brain and he says, that outfit is simply smashing, brain. And the brain say, says, don't say smashing, Pinky, because they have big clubs and they're looking down at the mice. Yeah, all the cavemen look pretty angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, this first one, in the first uh, part of this comic is, of course, featuring Pinky and the Brain. It's our cover story. It's Pinky and the Brain in Rewriting History. And this was written by John Walker. It was the penciler was Neil Sternicki, inker was Scott McRae, letterer was Bob Pinaha, and colorist was Tom Zuruku. Zuruko. Uh, Nathan, what uh, basically happens here in rewriting history? All right, so we have a, a comic reminiscent of when mice ruled the earth, where Pinky and the Brain decide to go time traveling. Uh, it starts off with Pinky and the Brain watching TV which doesn't seem like something Brain would want to do a lot, but uh, he's upset that all the characters of uh, mice are well depicted. Either they're, they're uh, idiots or they're, uh, they're something people are uh, afraid of or they're, they're an insult to call someone scared or something like that. So he uh, ends up smashing his TV and turning the TV into a time machine uh, somehow. <laughs> he did it. yeah it was a very quick transformation from tv into the time machine he just basically threw yeah. a remote control through it and said hop in the tv <laughs> or you know he, right. he grabbed a wrench he wanted a wrench i don't know he, he's the brain wrench. he's the brain he can do it he knows how to do he it. somehow attached a toaster to it and yeah. uh <laughs> like reminiscent of simpsons i guess yeah anyway. um so they go back to to caveman dinosaur time well i guess caveman lizard times uh <laughs> And they try to talk to the uh, cavemen, but they don't speak any English. Um, all they do is whack things. So uh, they can't really, they're trying to think of a way to communicate with them. At one point, Brain starts whacking uh, Pinky with a book to try to, I don't know, as a, as a, I don't know. It's kind of a joke because all the other cavemen are making different whacking sounds as they're hitting each other. Yeah, Pinky. Pinky suggests that their culture is not so bad because they have so many different sounds that they can make when they the cavemen hit each other yeah, on like the head. And 43 so three different sounds for a bonk on the noggin. Yeah. So, so uh, the, the brain starts hitting him with his book and says, "I'm just trying to, you know, incorporate you into the culture right there." So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but all his things are just WAP. So, I mean, he should learn some new words, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Eventually they find someone that's painting on the walls and he's like, here we go. There's still some culture in this world. Uh, we will paint. So they end up, um, they just end up tracing brain's head all over everything. Uh, even on people where one person says you too. And then the other guy goes tattoo. And it's, pretty funny like a tattoo oh and then <laughs> you didn't get that. i didn't see that no i was paying attention to that there's some cavemen in the background yeah there there's a lot of side talking going on right in this uh one there's like mm -hmm. a little lizard that talks to that is always commenting in little thought bubbles there's a lot of comic you know stuff like that yeah anyway. little thought like pinky has a thought bubble which i mean they would never do that in a like whoever thought that pinky thought anything ever. <laughs> so uh <laughs> anyways i go back to the future just like the movie. And then <laughs> they still see that Brain's uh, head is all over the place, which is great. Well, at least the silhouette of it. So they got the big ears and his big noggin. And uh, they hear that a parade is coming. 
And then they find out that it's basically a Mickey Mouse wannabe has taken over the world, uh, at least pop culturally. So uh, they yes. cut down all those signs leading to the theme park, and that's how the episode ends, I guess. Well, yeah. Let's go over the ending right there. Yeah, so basically uh, they they think instead of like mice rule the earth or, or the world, uh, where pinky, there's giant pinkies everywhere. Uh, in this case, yeah, a, a mouse is is technically ruling the world, but it's like a Mickey Mouse knockoff. And he, what is he called? Ricky Rat? Yeah, Ricky yeah, Rat. Ricky's they sing mm-hmm. they sing a little song, the cutest tale. They, I'm trying. I'm going to try to put it to the Mickey Mouse theme. Here we go. The cutest tale, the biggest ears. He deserves our loudest cheers. Where? No, it doesn't work at all. Wear him on your hat or shirt. Uh, shirt or hat? Yes, sirree. It's Ricky Rat. Anyway. Yeah, Ricky Rat. Uh, oh, basically, it's the it's they made the Ricky entire world Rat. Ricky Rat. Ricky Rat. <laughs> well, Ricky Rat is the whole place has been turned into the Republic. Ricky's Ricky's uh, <laughs> Rodent Republic, and yeah, the whole place has turned into like a giant uh, Disneyland basically because of the brain putting his uh, you know little reminiscent uh, of Mickey Mouse uh, silhouette on everything. Um, uh, well, I mean, it's kind of true. Disney does own like lots of things, so it's kind of <laughs> it certainly does. It, yeah. Right? <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, that's our that's our uh, that's our cartoon right there. Nathan, what do you think? Uh, would that episode, would that uh, comic, uh, translate well into a TV episode? I'm gonna say pass. I mean, it's too much like when mice ruled the world. Yeah. Or mice ruled the earth, and I think that was a better segment overall. Yeah, I agree. It was it was mildly amusing. The the one thing that kind of stood out for me that was odd was just the different things that Pinky was saying in this. Instead of narf or, and point mm-hmm. and stuff like that, he was like when he laughed, he said harf, and then um, he, he, I, I think they were just trying to put him him laughing in different ways, uh, but it just was. Uh, just weird <laughs> like they were the the way that pinky was written just didn't seem right to me and i don't mm-hmm. know why exactly that was yeah there was one that he said when they got when they got to the prehistoric times he says frooks brain do you think it's legal to park here and i'm like frooks f-r-o-o-x <laughs> like i that doesn't that's not a narf or a point um, I will say one thing, and I don't know if you have a favorite moment of this comic, but I did love the try to take over the world uh, little uh, section right there at the beginning of the comic, just because yeah. the, the way the brain's face looks is especially, I don't know, it just looks really, really cool. It looks almost it's fr- actually like scary. Yeah, <laughs> it's really kind of scary. So we'll put that up on our Instagram right there because that is a, it's pretty, that's a pretty cool uh, caption right there or a pretty cool uh Oh gosh, what's the what's the term for a comic square? You know, the comic a square. It's, sure, why not? There's sure, a word for know. it, and I forgot it, and people are screaming it at a me. Panel. Again. There you the, go. Thank you, Nathan. Panel. Panel. It's a good panel. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. I'll go ahead and talk about the next comic. It's called Animaniacs in Coco. Anyone? And in this comic, this is kind of a cool uh, Animaniacs the uh, comic because. Yakko, Wacko, and Dot are at a fashion show, and they're going to see their Dot's old fashion designer friend, Coco Gazelle, which, of course, is the parody of Coco Chanel. And they they basically talk all about 
uh, you know, they're waiting for the the fashion show to begin. And as soon as it gets close to beginning, um, Yakko and Wacko are chasing around all the models saying, hello, nurse, hello, nurse, until they go up to one roadie guy and they catch themselves in the middle of saying hello, nurse, and their mouths hit the ground. It's a very funny looking panel. And they say, yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> they say, no doubt about it. We got to get our radar checked. And they have to put their, their rubber mouths back together. Uh, so a very, very funny kind of uh, thing right there. But really, when they go and meet uh, Coco Gazelle, they, they talk about how, oh, there was that one time where we did something bad with, you know, something bad happened with Coco that one time. And they, they talk about, they have a flashback, basically. Uh, they have this little wavy line thing in one of the panels, and they, Yakko says, cool fade, huh? You can get the same effect by pressing your eyeballs really hard, but kids, don't try this at home. So they're back in France, and even a couple of, like, Squit and Bobby are in the uh, on one of the trees, and they, they, they have little, uh, little pigeon berets on. Uh, Coco Gazelle comes up to meet them, and... She's wearing a really weird-looking ball gown, almost like Scarlett O'Hara. And Dot, uh, you know, goes up to the little dog and says, I'm sorry I shaved you last time I saw you. And, of course, the dog gets angry. And Dot spills coffee all over Coco. and Or maybe it's Coco all over Coco. Is it Coco? <laughs> it is. It yeah, is. hot chocolate. Oh, there you go. How, how, <laughs> how appropriate. Anyway, her dress is ruined, so they take her in and... They redesign it, and she turn, it turns into a nice, you know, lovely designer black uh, evening dress right there. And wouldn't you know it, of course, that dress is perfect, and she ends up becoming famous because of it. And, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's the, the plot right there. And uh, at the end of it, the Warners are back at the fashion show and uh, harassing the models once again. <laughs> And one of the one of the models says, "Somebody give me a crowbar and a lawyer." So I thought that was a pretty funny line right there. Um, it's pretty apt in this <laughs> exactly <laughs> in this environment. Yeah. It's no. it's what every every woman out there needs today is a crowbar and a lawyer. I think that's a good thing to to have in today's environment. Anyway, um, Nathan, what do you think about this one? Was this uh, could this translate into a into a cartoon? I think the flashback part would make it a weird, like going, I don't know. I, I just felt like that would be a weird thing to have in a, a cartoon. It doesn't, but, nece- it didn't necessarily feel like it was necessary, right? I mean, yeah. it, it was kind of cool to see. It was a cool effect on the panel itself going from present day to the past, but it wasn't necessary, I don't think. Yeah, I think if they did it in a cartoon, I think they would have to start in the past, you know, and then they would cut like cut to the future like six months later like oh we're at the design show i guess or something i don't know but yeah or just cut out half the episode basically or i don't i don't know i, I personally don't think it would translate very well yeah it, it was okay it would need you would need some work I, it was okay it was okay um what you have any favorite moments of this uh comic right here this story um there's a the whole storyline where wacko is getting pooped on by little <laughs> pigeons apparently keeps happening yeah, Although, like I, I felt like the pigeons looked like colored wrong, basically, like Bobby they, and Squid. Like, yeah, Whoops. they were. They were. Yeah, maybe they're distant relatives because they were in France, right? So it may not yeah, be exactly. Bobby. Yeah, 
So <laughs> yeah, well, we can't trust um, the coloring too much in these comics. You know, they're not. You know, depending on who's the color colorist on these cartoons, it could look totally different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I mean, it was it was cute. The the best panel though is by far the jaw dropping and just having they have like cute eyes. It looks like, but yeah, they have the little guy's pup- face. <laughs> Yeah, the guy's face is like he has eye he has two eyes going two different directions. Um yeah. It, it, and it did have a cute little um 90s reference in here that I thought was kind of cool. It was the boys are at the fashion show and they are very at the very beginning they're very upset about the models. Like you call these guys models and of course they're looking at all the roadies who are setting mm-hmm. up everything, you know, one of the guys has his butt crack hanging out and everything. And Dot says, the show hasn't started yet, you clueless fashion victims. And she says, boys, the reason grunge was invented. So there you go. Grunge, the grunge look of the 90s was referenced. That was about the only 90s. Re- they they kind of referenced yeah. Kate Moss a little bit with Kate Floss, I think. But, you know, other than that, it stands up in today's <laughs> today's world. Anyway, uh, we have one more cartoon, one more cartoon, one more story here uh, called <laughs> Guitars and Cadillacs. And Guitars and Cadillacs was written by Dave Kling. Penciler was John Costanza. And inker was John uh, Scott McRae. Letterer was Bob Panaha. And the colorist again was Tom Ziuko. And Nathan, what happens here in Guitars and Cadillacs? All right, well, we start off with a water tower escape, and it's pretty simple. They just jump out of the water tower and on top of Ralph the guard. <laughs> yeah. They then meet a country singer who's a terrible singer but is handsome, according to Dot, and his name is Hank Hickory. And uh, though he's a terrible singer, he wants to be famous, so they decide to go to Nashville cause, to make his dreams come true. So they have a road trip, and on the way, as they're driving near Flagstaff, Arizona, Hey, Joey. Hey. Uh, <laughs> they get uh, pulled over by a cop because they're going 0.00026 miles per hour over the speed limit. Um, but to get out of that ticket, they just sing terribly and the cop lets them go. And then they find themselves in Nashville, Tennessee, right outside a uh, record company, basically, looking for new talent. Uh, they meet the, the CEO or whatever, the president. His name's Waylon Dollar. Um, he's, they sing for him and he's, uh, he's quite impressed. He goes in the other room to get him all ready, but then they're like, Hey, we should eavesdrop. And he's talking to someone like, Hey, I found a terrible band. They're going to be so terrible. It'll be a great tax write off for the company. Kind of like the producers. If you've seen that movie. Yeah. That's and what then, I thought too. It was very much yeah. like, here's a springtime for Hitler kind of, uh, act for us that'll fail. And then we'll get the money. Exactly. Um, so that's what I kept thinking for the rest of the episode, and I just didn't pay attention. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just you just put out. the comic down and watched the producers, and there you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> um, he says uh, everyone's gonna love it, and then Michael's like, "Everyone, what about this person? This person?" He's like, "Okay, those are just random people." But no. Uh, anyways, uh, let's go. Uh, you guys go get dressed, and then they uh, start putting on terrible costumes either their hats are too big they're just wearing cactuses or scuba gear he's like i'll show you what to wear um the press conference is going to start pretty soon so he puts on like basically an elvis kind of outfit and he's like and then you want to dance around like this and you want to make a lot of noise and then while he's doing all that dot opens up the curtain so that the press sees him and he's like yeah the press is really stupid they don't really care anyways and then the, the press is like oh we're stupid huh they start taking pictures of him and start laughing at him 
and then he is ashamed and leaves the company. And the guys and Hickory's like, hey, I guess I'll never be a star. And he's like, and Yakko's like, hey, I guess this company needs a new president, though. He's like, oh, president, that sounds good. Because goodness knows they just hire anybody off the street to become a president of the company. Whoever's in the room at the time, right? (laughs) That's Uh, the rules of corporate (laughs) takeovers. If the president gets fired and you are in the room, if you say, I will be the president, then you become (laughs) the president of the company. That's right. That's why the vice president is always in the (laughs) Oval Office. That's right. They always have to keep him around. Yeah. In case case something happens. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, I'm president. Anyway. (laughs) So this was a this was an interesting uh, plot of this comic. Um, it was uh, yeah, it, it had some cute moments I thought of going across the country and and all and um, but yeah, a little confusing at the end because especially when the Hollywood uh, the record producer I should say uh, gets all like oh you know these guys will be a great tax they're terrible and then they say well here's our costumes and they give out a bunch of like horrible costumes like. We'll be in scuba yeah. gear, and we'll be in this, and we'll be in a giant cactus. And he says, no, no, that's not how you should dress to be successful. And I'm like, wait, you want them to be bad, don't you? Like, that doesn't <laughs> right? make – you just said in the last page that you want these people to be horrible so they fail. And now you're so concerned about <laughs> – I think the first one where they have giant hats and a giant bow tie is probably the best case scenario. Yeah. They know that they're country singer. And I was like, yeah, that's actually pretty good for what you're going for, like – yeah, so that was the only part that was a little confusing was just the fact that the the guy was very. He said, "You can sound horrible, but you can't look horrible. You have to make sure." <laughs> so anyway, that was a little weird, but I, overall, I don't know. I thought this might work as a. As I was watching this, I was like, or reading it, I was like, you know what? I could see this turning into an actual cartoon. You know, like a road trip aspect to mm-hmm. it, and and they you could got music. They, and... Yeah, you got some music. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of this has music like they're singing and they're and they're terrible and you're like well uh you know it, it, it kind of falls flat on, on, the, on the comic but mm-hmm. they could they could make it sound pretty good what do you think nathan yeah i think this of the three uh like segments or whatever yeah i think this one would be the the most uh, apt to become a cartoon yeah and there's one little reference i guess in here they talk about um, you know, he says, these are my background uh, singers, uh, re- referring to Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. He says, these are the two nets, I believe is what he says. Mm-hmm. And they go, the two nets? They go, is that us? And they say, well, you don't see Buster Bunny and Babs Bunny around here, do you? So there's our one little reference to another show. So there you go. Yeah. Buster and Babs got a got a shout out in this comic. Uh, but yeah, there, there you go. Well, Nathan, giving this comic... Uh, out of five water towers, let's go ahead and give this one a water tower rating as well. So, what do you think? Out of five Whoa. water towers, how many water towers would you give this comic? I can't remember what I gave the other ones, but I'll say two and a half. Two and a half. Why is yeah. that? Um, I mean, it has Pinky in the Brain, which is good. <laughs> and... Yeah, I mean it's a comic. I can't remember what I gave the other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would think I think it's slightly worse than the the second uh, one. Uh, I think it's the worst of the three so far. Yeah, of the three we've read, I think it's it's definitely probably the lower of them. So if I would do half a water tower lot less than 
comic too. So <laughs> maybe I'll say two. I'll say two water towers. Oh, okay. But... It's going down lower. We better stop him before it goes down lower. Yeah. Okay, so I'll go <laughs> ahead. I will give it, um, oh gosh, yeah, I'll give it a 2.5. I mean, it was, it was not bad. It was just, I don't know, that first one was just so repetitive of mm-hmm. Pinky and the Brain's first one. It did have a couple good panels in it, um, and it was good. But um, yeah, I didn't really didn't really go for it that much. Well, you can read this uh, comic, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you, you can uh, get it used at comic online comic shops. That's where I got mine uh, to, to read, and it is available online. I'm not going to condone any uh, specific, you know, you know, using it uh, going to uh, online places because, well. I don't know. No one's getting paid for this one. It does seem, it seems out of print. Like it's not even being print digitally anymore. So I don't know. It's out there on various Google it. Google it <laughs> if you want to read it. It's it's out there. <laughs> if you really want to look at it, uh, you should. You should check out the artwork. It's it's some good stuff. Uh, do a Google check and see what see what's up. Well, that's about it for today's episode. I think. And let us know what you think about the upcoming reboot news and Animaniacs uh, revival, whatever you want to call it. And as more news comes out, we'll make sure to share it with you here on the Animaniacast. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. Nathan, where can people follow you online? On Twitter. That's right, folks. Twitter, the one and only place to find me, Nathan. Dango FT. That's right. People have tried to find Nathan other places, and they just have not been <laughs> successful. Um, so, Django FT for Nathan. And, of course, you can get in contact with us, which is Animaniacast at RetroZap.com. And speaking of RetroZap.com, ladies and gentlemen, there's so much great stuff at RetroZap.com. You should head on over there. There are 21 podcasts in all at RetroZap.com to check out covering star wars and also all of your pop culture needs it's a great place to go to for articles videos and just yeah just stuff in general just head to retrozap.com today well uh that'll do it for me and nathan and we'll be back next week talking about well everything goes as planned (laughs) we'll be talking about episode 71 of animaniacs and kelly will be back here as well so until next week This is Joey, and for Nathan, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated.